Unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush. Welcome to the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And boy, we got a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about some deep stuff. We're going to be talking about mental health, mental health, mental wealth. We're going to be talking about solutions. We're going to be talking about opportunities for us to reframe our perspectives so that our thoughts and our beliefs actually work for us and not against us. So we're going to be going all over the place a little bit tonight, but it's all designed for you guys, for you guys, whether you're watching live or on the replay, it's designed for you to sit there and take a step back and say, listen, are the things that I'm doing and I'm believing, are they working for me? Yes or no? No. Okay. Might I adopt some different perspectives about what it is that I'm thinking and doing in order to get different results? Yes. Okay. That's what we're here to do. We're here to open your mind. We're here to have raw and unscripted conversations to make sure that you guys walk away from this feeling a little bit inspired, a little bit motivated, a little bit changed, a little bit ready to go, a little bit ready to be unstoppable. Got Monique in the house. Monique's already in the house. What's up? What's up? Good to see you, Monique. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you guys, whether you're live or on the replay. Always, always, always. She's pinging some people into the conversation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so anyways, where are we at? Let's see. Uh, we're at Tuesday. So last time we talked, it was Tuesday before. So a little quick update. 75 hard. Yeah, did it. 75 hard. I'm all done. 75 days of two workouts a day. One of them outside 45 minutes each a gallon of water a day, a healthy diet, no cheap meals, no booze, no sugar, no wheat, no bread, a daily progress picture and 10 pages read, not listened to read in a, in a, in a personal uh, development book for 75 days. Yeah. Completed that on Saturday and promptly had, um, red Robin had a big fat cheeseburger and French fries and onion rings and three Jack Daniels or four Jack Daniels on in Coke. And I felt good. I felt good. You know why? I felt good because I deserved it. 75 days. Oh man, it was great, man. And I appreciate all the outpouring of support from you guys, whether it was on the DMs or the posts or whatever. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it was challenging, but it was not unreasonable. And it taught me a lot about myself. Once again, this was the second time I've done the program. So, and it inspired me to do it because I didn't want to do it. And I didn't this. So I'm just going to switch that out. So anyways, I'm just excited and I appreciate you guys. And I'm, I'm glad that I've inspired some of you guys to do it on your own. Uh, I led a group of 75, we called ourselves the 75 hard unstoppables. And, uh, yeah, we started off with quite a few people who were ready to do the program. And unfortunately, uh, we only had about four or five people actually finish the program because yes, it is challenging, but here is the deal. When you make a promise and you commit to yourself, you commit to your evolution, you commit to going through whatever it is that you have to sacrifice in order to become the person that you're supposed to be. That's where the beauty is. That's where living is. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we got Armageddon in the house. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Good to see you. I can't remember your real name. What's your real name? It's not Armageddon. I hope it's not Armageddon. Please. I'm trying to keep my, I'm trying to keep my brain positive. Monique says, you're so dope. What's up, fly girl? I'm so dope. That's a 70 saying, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, in all seriousness, so we got a lot of stuff going on in the world. You know, I was joking around about Armageddon, but you know, some days I sit there and I wonder, 
are these the end times are is this is this is this is this how it all plays out you know with the the climate starts to get really messed up we start having fires all over the place we start having heat waves all over the place you know we start having what we have going on in this world and it's no secret um that a lot of us are struggling myself too sometimes i'm struggling and even though i've got all the answers and i've been through a lot of the stuff some days i struggle with keeping my perspective and my beliefs positive in light of all the different negativity that you can easily see if you go surf your phone and go onto the news i personally don't watch the news i don't follow politics but of course i hear about it i see updates uh, i'm not blind to it i don't bury my head in the sand so it is definitely um understandable that a lot of you and a lot of us have been dealing with emotional issues over the last 18 months and looks like we're going to be continuing to deal with that. So I think it's important to have this conversation tonight. So again, as always, please, if you have any questions, if you're struggling, you can always reach out to me, whether it's this show, whether whatever it is, if you're struggling and you're having an issue and you don't feel like you have anybody to talk to, you always have me. You always have me. You guys know that you're my Ron and scripted group. You guys are my misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. So yes, yes, yes. So we're going to be having a candid conversation with one of uh, the experts that I have met recently. We connected on Clubhouse and we've had some amazing conversations in various rooms with various topics, all surrounding really the need to support one another, the need for us to all collectively realize that we're more the same than we are different and really take into consideration and take into ownership how we can heal ourselves and how we can have those discussions to change our beliefs and our thought processes so that some of the tragedies and the traumas that have happened in our life, we can actually have a perspective that we happen for us and that we can grow through that in order to help other people grow and heal as well. So I'm excited to have my friend, William Zachary Murray. What's going on, William? How you doing, brother? Good to see you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Doing How well are you today. doing tonight, brother? It's good to see you. I don't think we've ever actually had a face-to-face -face conversation. So this is going to be good. I like this. I know it's actually the perfect topic because emotional intelligence, right? It's about our ability uh, to handle the situations when we're under pressure. And um, ever since I was a kid, I had uh, trouble public speaking, right? So it's getting outside my comfort zone in settings like this. Um, but it, I find the reward is so much higher than the pain involved. When I'm done doing it, I feel so good. So um, thank you so much for having me. I consider it a great honor to be here. Thank you, Chris. No, I do too, man. We've had some great conversations and I've, I've literally listened to you for hours now being in clubhouse since we've known each other since I think January. Um, and knowing that you're, you're, you're so connected with the people who show up in the rooms and that you always want to pour into people and listen to people and share your observations and share your vulnerabilities. I mean, seriously, that's one of the mad things I respect about you is that you're open and honest. Even in today's room, you were talking about death. I mean, going deep in some of the subjects that a lot of us think about that not very often we discuss and openly. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful to have you here on the show and i just want to dive right into it i mean like i said before backstage we have an amazing group of people um that are that are going to be uh, joining us here so we got we got armageddon saying sure feels like it we got Teresa turner in the house uh we got monique saying she goes i struggle all the time however no one can tell by the way that i carry myself we're going to be talking about that monique that might be a good thing that might not be necessarily such a great thing but we got andrea saying um yep we all have our days i don't watch the news either and we thank you for thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And she goes, Teresa says, yes, we do kick ass. Oh, love, 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 love. Yes, misfits, misfits winning. Yes, my my family here, uh, William, uh, is amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm so thankful you guys are here. So let's just jump right into it. The last, I, this is crazy, dude, because 
um, for the duration of my show for like the last, I don't know, six months, one of the questions I've been opening up with is like, okay, what has COVID meant for you? What have the last 18 months meant for you and your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical growth, everything else? How have you changed and evolved during this time thinking that it was, we were coming out of it, but it's very apparent that we are going into another storm. So talk to us about what you have observed in the last 18 months for yourself and for the people that you help. And I want to get into that. Just more independence and sustainability than ever, you know, uh, less blaming and excuse making. Um, And this topic right here with emotional intelligence, my ability to just face the facts. I don't really like that, like trying to grade each other on our intelligence in the sense of like the IQ level uh, that people have, you know, and how smart we are, how emotionally intelligent we are. I don't really buy into all that. Okay, but I do see how important this concept is and that it's it's very synchronistic because that's exactly what's happened is I've become more emotionally intelligent over the past 18 months. Um, I mean, I've gone through ups and downs in my life, Chris. I'm not afraid to to share that. I wear my heart, my heart on my sleeve, my friend. Um, I, I know your story and it's so powerful and. Like, you know, I lived in Colorado. I moved to Colorado with $60 in my pocket. So this COVID thing is, it's not the end of the world for me. You know, I've, I've, I've been through worse personally, right? As far as resources, right? I've been under more pressure. Um, but this did do a clear calling for me to take more seriously my spiritual health, to do mm. more personal development and to get out there and what that means is to be willing to fall forward, right? Like it's all good if you're nervous. Like that's a good thing because you're now you're in touch with something that scares you a little bit. Now you can you can get natural highs with that. Look at the the, the rock climber. Look at what we're doing right now. This this what we're doing right now scares people. They would rather jump into a fire than have a public speaking event. So you know what, there's, there's a certain amount of esteem that gets built and putting myself out there. And that's, what's changed. I started making Instagram videos. I started just saying, you know what, William do it, like, you know, do it and do it, do it because you love it. And so I have started this attitude, Chris, that I'm not really going to do anything. I'm not going to expel any of my, my energy in this world anymore, unless I love it. Like true labor of love, like, or else I wouldn't be here. Right. Um, but I think love, love is, a, is one that I was taught at a really young age that I have to go back to every day because there's core beliefs there that have to be taken a look at, right? Like you said, we're all growing, we're all struggling, we're all suffering in certain ways. That, that's part of, of, of growing up. When we were given the teachings that were a little bit backwards as kids, for me, it was like, in, in many cases, love was a commodity. And so that's right. how we learned about it. We didn't talk about it in an emotional type of way. But that's exactly what it is. It is an emotion. It's bigger than that, right? So it's it's also you can also demonstrate that emotional feeling uh, for someone that you love, and love is a very powerful emotional feeling that helps us, drives us to care for our our spouse and the people around us, and you know the people who we love. So if we were taught at a young age, like I was in many ways, that you get up and you go to church, and then you're a good boy, and you'll get this, and now you're loved. You know, I'm not saying it was, it, you know, there was great times in my family. I don't want to paint such a, a dark picture about them because I love my, my family. But there were certain times where we, we picked up messages as we are sponges as children that love is like a commodity. We kind of earn it. 
we kind of need to do it. Same goes, Chris, with emotional intelligence. We already are emotional intelligence. It seems yes, as if that phrase kind of scares you in some ways because you're going, well, am I really emotionally intelligent because I'm having triggers because I'm angry? It, it could be pointing to something that is deeper, it's wounded, a, a belief that you're believing as you talk about, Chris. You're not, not believing in yourself, and right? And this life is, it will, it has certain pressures and we're gonna have to respond. And that's why emotional intelligence is so important. That's why emotional education is so important. That's why I've dedicated my entire life to it. And yeah, in many ways, the pandemic has only pushed me to, to be more passionate about it and work harder because I love what I'm doing. I'm in my flow. I'm in my passion. And you know what? When I get when someone gives me some feedback, I, I I'm ready to receive that. I'm much more ready to receive that. If someone says your tone was like this, William, or you, we couldn't hear you, William, or you know you you didn't you weren't here on time, William, I'm much less likely to be like beating on myself and then and then kind of react, right? Um, right. So dealing with those challenging relationships, that's the goal. Keep your eye on the prize. You get to deal with your relationships, even though they're challenged, and you get to be be a badass. And 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 even when you don't, maybe you don't have, you don't feel like you have enough resources, or you're just navigating so many different types of change. You're working through all these different types of, you know, trials and tribulations. That's why emotional intelligence. That's where the the the, the prize is, Chris. So I hope that mm -hmm. explains. No, it does. It does. Thank you, brother. Um, and I appreciate what you were saying about that because really what I was thinking about when you were talking, one of two things, the first thing that I want to just really get into is the fact that, you know, through these trials and tribulations that we have in our life, one of the most important facets of what we can do to get through it either positively or negatively is how we talk to ourselves, the language that we use on ourselves, right? We often say, would you say that, would you say what you say to yourself to the person that you love the most? And talk to us about that. Talk to about uh, talk to us about that journey for yourself in changing and rewriting the language that you used on yourself to change the outcomes that you have today. Oh yeah, I mean, there were times in my life where my self talk was was poor, very poor, and where I would say. Can you give us an idea like, of that? Give us an idea of that, just so we have it for yeah. context. Yeah, I mean, like like uh, like moving to Colorado with sixty dollars in your pocket. And looking around and comparing yourself to people who are successful or have their businesses going and you're judging yourself, right? And you're looking at yourself like there's something wrong with me. It's like deeper. It, you can you can hear it sometimes, but it's on a deep level, I would say a subconscious level that you can just feel it. There's something wrong with me. That's the kind of deepest, like poor self-talk that I've ever said to myself. There's there that I'm I'm somehow um, useless. And so what, what, what have you done to reframe those conversations in your brain? Well, I've gotten into, um, expressing my talents and understanding what my strengths are and, and practicing self-awareness and understanding what is real. I'm, I'm actually talented with, like, I, I wanted to really go out there and be a musician and, I, I, I still play music and I still love playing music and I do it as a hobby. Um, you can see my gong in the back, but I also do guitar and I do keyboards and I do recordings and stuff like that, but it wasn't making any money. And it was because I kind of had this, this, this realization and this awareness that that really wasn't my God given talent. So once I really understood and I really accepted that, wow, William, like 
I really understood. I heard the voice of this of, of, of truth. I I understood that 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 I am awesome, that I have amazing abilities that I always had, even when I was five, six years old. Communication skills. You see what happened right there? I lost my train of thought. And then I mm-hmm. got it back. This is like emotional intelligence. This is real life stuff. So I that's why I dedicate my life to it. And I've got um chill, chill bumps just doing this, man. Chill bumps. We got chill bumps on the Ron and Scripted show. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, let's pause for a drink right there. Absolutely. We got some comments going on. Uh, we got people always saying what's going on, what's going on. Um, Robert says, uh, it says here when he goes, uh, when my when my parents would have friends over for dinner, I often heard that the early years leading to the first grade in Mississauga found me practicing medicine without a license or clothes. Okay. Robert, Robert, I love you, buddy. I love you. You come up with some of the greatest stuff. Andrea says here, self-talk is so important. What we say to ourselves will either make us or break us. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. We got Darlene in the house. She says, evening, y'all. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think about my 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 journey, you know, and you know my journey about being homeless and everything. And you know, I was I thought I was stupid. Um, I I I didn't have any self confidence whatsoever. Um, I didn't have the ability to speak up or talk talk for myself or anything like that. And I was for the first seventeen years of my life. And so the way that I rewrote my language programming was getting into personal development. It was really getting into Tony Robbins. I remember reading the book Awaken the Giant Within at the gym and thinking, oh my God, I'm the one responsible for changing the programming of my brain. I'm the one that's responsible for changing my belief systems about what it is that I think about most often and hence my results. Talk to us about a time in your life, William, because you've kind of alluded that you've had some ups and downs and some challenges. Talk to us about a time in your life where you had, you know, what what felt like maybe an insurmountable challenge that you've learned the greatest lesson through. Yeah, man, I'll be happy to share this one, although it's a little embarrassing. Um, I got a DWAI, which is driving while ability impaired in Colorado. So I was, uh, I, yeah, I got. Oh, a, so you were high? No, I I got I was I had a couple drinks. Oh, okay. It's 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 less than a DUI. Oh, okay. It's it's just like in Colorado and New York, in those two states, they have um, a a a law where if it's 0.5 or or above, not 0.8, where it's normally 0.8 across the United States, if it's 0.5 or above, they give you this, right? So this was the time when I moved out there. I really didn't have much going for me, you know. So I. I, 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 I went to jail, right? And I, you know, I was living, Chris, you know, on, you know, by a very thin thread, very thin thread financially, emotionally. And I was out there like a rolling stone on the great, you know, and, and it's, the decisions I was making, I was using Craigslist to try to work trade with people. And that would get me into funny, weird situations. Sometimes <laughs> good, sometimes bad. I can imagine. Along the way in Colorado, you know, that's a fast area. Like people, they use, they, they party, they do stuff. So that was always there for me to go back into. But I, I was having these challenges with the law and I had to go do 200 hours of therapy, group therapy for what I had done. I also had to do six days in jail. And I was wow. and I was uh, and I was in there with the guys with the swastikas on their foreheads. 
and I was in there with the gangsters and the, the guy, they didn't, you know, I didn't feel good. But let's just say right. that with the arms jumpsuit and the, all of it, that's as raw as I can and unscripted as I can tell you. And it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like me, obviously. And I was caged, literally. I had to keep going. You know, I had to continue to go. I had to. And so I, I, I called the, the counseling center that I called by the grace of God. They took me in and they didn't treat me like a like a like a paycheck or an object. They treated me like a human being. And I started to learn to to make their coffee and clean up after them. And, you know, after the sessions were over and they traded me because this was expensive. We're talking 16, 20 bucks every session, two hour session. I got to do 100 of them. So wow. I didn't have any money. I was trying to figure out how am I going to do this? You know, they, that, those people became my family. I spent Christmas with those guys. They invited me to their Christmas and gave me a gift in front of everyone. You know, it's that type yeah. of people, Chris, it's not me. It's that type of love that's in the human spirit that sees a, a, a human being like, and isn't afraid to help that person, no matter how, you know, we got to take care of ourselves, but, there's been certain times in my life where I've had to just keep going, man, and have that resilience and not duck my tail in between my legs and say, dad, can I, can I get some money or can I come back home and live in the upstairs, whatever, you know, because I knew I wouldn't feel good if I did that. Right. I had to keep going. I had no choice. I had no skills. I had no degree. I didn't really have any credibility. I didn't have a girlfriend. And how old were you at this time? Um, 24. I'm 37. Okay. Now, so this is 11 years ago. And I've come a long way, but I, 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 I was able to use my communication skills and they taught me how to, this is crazy because it's the first time I've really opened up about a lot of this stuff, but like they let me run the group sessions at the, at the counseling center because they were like so impressed by me and they loved me, you know, and they're like, they let me lead them, you know, I mean, they would have a counselor in there. But they would right. let me lead them and give and, and because I would bring inspiration to it. And so I found a love for that. And I and I and I and I still kind of continue to bury it and figure things out. But as I just kept going, Chris, it things happened, good things happened. I figured out how to work at a barbecue restaurant. I got fired from the barbecue restaurant because I had the wrong attitude. I went and got <laughs> another I went and got another barbecue restaurant job cleaning up, you know, and working with pig, pigs and, and ribs. And, and that's where I met my, 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 my girl now, but those were tough times too, where I was tracking through the snow and, and that all that stuff was behind me with the, I, I put all that alcohol stuff behind me. I paid my dues, got it all done. Now a new, a new, a new life. It doesn't make life easier just because you're off probation, right? Now you got to, <laughs> so I'm tracking through the snow in Colorado. I don't have a car. So I caught a lot of breaks from the universe, Chris, you know, and I just, I'm really, as you can see, I'm a survivor. I'm a tough. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Thank you for sharing that brother. I, I appreciate your vulnerability because that's what the show is all about. You know what? That's what, that's what I'm all about is we get, we share it and we, we bring it out in the open because that ultimately makes all of the listeners and the viewers, whether they're watching this on the video cast or on listening on the podcast, it makes them kind of go, Oh shit. Maybe I'm not so screwed up. Maybe I'm not so alone. You know, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because you know me, I share everything warts and all, but one of the things I want to talk about because I am the no excuses coach. So what were some of your excuses 
when you were younger and what, what do you do? I, I should just say, what are some of your excuses and what are your ways of mitigating some of those excuses that maybe you struggle with then, or maybe you still struggle with now? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, you know, I, my parents were divorced at a really, really young age. And I think subconsciously that, that messed with me because I could see without being able to express it, I could see that other people's parents were together. And then I had my family's a little different, but I didn't know how to express that. How old were so you when they divorced? About six years old, really okay. young. And yep. I kind of saw it happening. And, you know, there just wasn't a lot of love in the house between the, the two. You know, there was more, what I remember is more arguing and kind of trying to fuss and figure things out. So to, 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 to go into your question, how, how I developed, refresh me again um, and how I challenged that, um, that sense of myself. Please refresh that question, Chris. So basically what I'm looking for is like, I think about my excuses. Like sometimes I feel like, um, like I don't feel like it. Like that's one of my excuses. So it's like, I started understanding like, what, what does it mean when I don't feel like it? It's like, what am I intending? What is my expectation? So now I started studying, okay, what do I do when I don't feel like it? And I found Mel Robbins. So now I'm like five, four, three, two, one. And I do it because I know that psychologically my brain has five seconds before it's going to try to convince myself not to do something because I don't feel like doing it. So now I know yeah. five, four, three, two, one, get my ass up and go do whatever it is that I need to do. So that's one of the ways that I mitigate for my excuses. So just thinking about your life either previously or, or today, what are some of the, the excuses that, that come it. up in I your brain? I just gave it to you. Is that, you see how my mind works. I went right back there to childhood to blame it. Well, Chris, let me tell you about my, my parents' divorce. That's what my right. mind does. So that's something I'm working through It's to not have to see everything through that lens and to really be myself rather than blaming wh who I am, what I am, everything, you know, up, up that is about me and questioning myself rather than that, looking at it from a more healthy perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've been asked this question and thought about it. You know, the healing yeah. work that has to go on from that perspective, do you still have a positive relationship with your mom and dad? I do. I do. I, I honor and respect my parents very much. And they believe things that are completely different from how I believe things. And we can still create that feeling of love for each other um, and still stay in touch. I think it's very important to honor and respect my parents, no matter how different our beliefs are, because they gave me life. And also because like when I find myself judging or criticizing them, I don't want to do that. It doesn't put me in a good place vibrationally energetically right. it doesn't it's an excuse it, it, it's using your parents as a crutch as and looking at things as a child would and saying well my parents were divorced so that's why i'm not as you know that's why you're not you don't see the lamborghinis in the back or whatever you know you're trying to compensate but you create these excuses and it's you know that that is that has been it that has been my biggest excuse that my parents got divorced and that that will forever shape my life and change me, that that defines who I am. Now, to answer the other part of your question, it doesn't define who I am at all. Right. What, I, what defines me is what I go on and do from here. And my friends have been telling me this for years, that William, you're an incredible speaker. You're, you're, you, I can see you doing this. I can see you need to do a podcast. You need to do writing, you need to, we've been telling you this for years. You're awesome. You know, that kind of thing that, 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 that move, move on, be in the present, 
You know, my yes. best friends, they'll tell you that. And this, every one of them will tell you that because that's the key. And you know, that's what, why I keep this book on the, on my desk at all times, the power of now Eckhart Tolle move on because that time has gone. There's no reason to use that as an excuse An excuse to who? <laughs> I know it's basically, you're trying to con yourself. It's like, what, wait a minute. That doesn't, that doesn't even weigh in. Yep. And so I've had to, I've had to take space from my relationships with my family. I live in California. They live in Alabama as where I grew up. Um, you know, I've had to, to, to really honor like that, that our beliefs are different and that, that in that way, many boundaries are created, you know, and I've learned that I was never going to get that love and attention and compassion that I was looking for from them. And I was never going to, I was never going to get anything out of the excuse. So I burned out my energy on that riding on that old OS framework and, and operating system. And at some point I just decided, well, I can't do that anymore. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's time, time's not, you know, time's going by here. And, and, um, so I guess, I guess that that's the only affirmation I do really is that I am awesome. And I really believe that there's been so many times in my life where I just, I just was stuck in the past and my mind will still do it like, a. It's a bad, it's a negative feedback loop. Yeah, it goes, it's, it's something that's certain it's, it goes back to that. That's why we have to rewire, you know, that's why we believe in neuro neuroplasticity and rewiring, refiring that brain. Because for me, it's about looking at that, that, that situation from a different perspective, right? I can look at all the tragedies and all the traumas that I've been through in my life and with grace and with appreciation, I can say, I'm so glad that I went through those because I chose to grow through those. And because I grew through those, I was able to go back and help so many other people do the same thing. So it's like that whole thing of making your message your message. But in that process, one of the, one of the biggest factors for me to be successful and be here talking to you today, one of the, one of the huge, uh, challenges that I had was my anger, my anger and my resentment. Um, my, my desire to be right. My, my egocentric kind of being, if you will, um, and doing that. And what I had to really realize is I had to figure out, okay, where was the source of the anger? The anger was rooted in resentment. It was also rooted in guilt and shame. Um, talk to us about that. Did, did you, did you, um, uh, absorb any guilt or shame for the divorce of your parents? Were there siblings involved? I wouldn't frame it just like that, but I do think that we are like sponges as children. We're constantly picking up on energies. And I think what happens is as a young child, we're much more emotionally developed than we are rationally developed at certain ages, especially around the middle childhood years of six to nine. It's just a really oh, yeah. important age group. Um, and, and, and at that point we are very much like emotional sponges and we sponge stuff up, but we can't sort of process it, um, and make sense of it. And so we, that's where it turns back on us. And the mind kind of says, well, it's your fault. Of course it could be your, your parents having dysfunction. So I, I don't believe that they, that I absorbed shame from them. But what I did was a very sneaky trick that probably maybe it saved my life because I don't know. I don't know, but I, but that's what happened. And I decided, I, I think on some level, I decided that, well, I'll just, I'll just stay clear of this. I won't, I'll just stay on the sidelines. Right. Mm -hmm. Did I answer Safe. your question? Yeah. You, you, you more, more or less played it safe, right? 
I mean, because it's all it's all it's all about that healing. But so in a different in a different way of framing it, what type of work have you had to do with empathy and forgiveness on your journey to be where you're at today? Because I know yeah. a lot of people that are listening to this and watching this right now, you know, have a, have a hard time dealing with that and having empathy and forgiveness, not only for the things that we've done to ourselves and maybe the bad decisions that we've made personally, but yeah. for the transgress transgressions that have happened along our journey. Talk to us about that, because that was one of the, the biggest factors of me was being able to see and understand my mother from a different perspective that I didn't expect her to be a mother and went through her life as a person. Might I be like her? Yes. Okay. So that gave me a lot of leeway to be able to sit there and have forgiveness and empathy for her. Like she really was doing the best that she could. She didn't expect to have a kid. She was going to place me for adoption. She literally said she did the best she could. So having empathy and understanding for what she went through as a kid and as an adult allowed me to release a lot of that anger. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's, I think that can be really healthy. Definitely. And, and to understand that this stuff is passed down, that it's not personal necessarily so much as, you know, because I don't think that most people's parents kind of pull them up and say, well, you, you know, we want love to ruin your life, son, you know, or daughter. We really want to, we really want to screw your life up forever too. Not just in your early years, but have this be plaguing you in your thirties and forties and fifties and sixties. No, I don't think they do that. I think that, that the messages that are backwards are about love mainly that love is something that's earned or that, that we have to do something to get that love. And the main message that we need to receive as a child is that we are unconditionally loved. And I think that that's, it's a harsh, hard one to, to really wrap your brain around, but parents can't all really, they can provide unconditional love at times, <laughs> but it's, it's harsh. It's hard. It's a little bit more complicated than we like to think. Parents make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And when we get in this this mode of, of judging and criticizing people, we're really we're wasting our energy, right? We're wasting our energy on things that we don't want to waste our energy on. And we make mistakes, too. So I think that was a big part of, of the forgiveness was understanding that, like, I'm not really sure it was an acceptance, forgiveness, trying to figure this out, trying to get the, 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 the feeling of emptiness out and find some kind of spiritual center. Because all that time of, of spending, you know, trying to look in the past and figure out why, why are things the way they are now? I was just wasting that energy. So mm. I think in forgiving and forgiving, it was about me. You know, it was about self-love. It was about first realizing like, wow, like this is your life. And I, one of the other things I wanted to say was just manning up really and not manning up. That's a bad phrase taking emotional self-responsibility yes i create my emotions they create theirs they created their life i create my life and when you fully get that you're like i'm a powerful dude i can do Hell whatever yeah. i want to do and I, I i'm cool with failing i'm cool with failing i mean it's not even failure it's fun at that point you know yep so failing is only the failing is not the falling down failing is the staying down so when I think about a lot to what you, what you just said, um, reminds me a lot of what I read in books. Talk to us about some of you talked about the power of now talk to us about some influential, influential books that have helped you tremendously in your journey to uh, be successful yeah. where you're at today. Oh man. I want to show this one. Um, well, I read the I Ching. I consult the book book of changes, which is a, like a fun way to, 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 uh, for me to connect with, um, my higher powers and, 
And what also, is that? I, what is that for us? Uh, us novices. I Ching sounds yeah. like uh, something I order from a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, the I Ching is. Uh, I'll take two I Chings. Yeah, it's a book of oracles. Let me just read real quick. At least five thousand years old, the, the I Ching is a book of oracles containing the whole of human experience, used for divination. It is a method of exploring the unconscious through symbolism and hexagrams. The symbolism of its hexagrams were guided towards the solution of difficult problems in life situations. So you might see in the old movies where the guys are playing with the little yarrow sticks uh, on, on like some of the older Chinese movies, the fighting movies and stuff. Anyway, when you go through the old village and the guys are playing with the little game and they're throwing the sticks. So they, so it, so they, so you get a hexagram, you, you, you get your hexagram built and then that's supposed to teach you something based on about self-development um that's going to push you forward so that's what i really like about it is it's randomness and how it's just kind of fun and it gets me going and then i get to read this powerful uh spiritual advice from three thousand five thousand years ago from these ancient chinese masters imagine it like imagine it like elon musk and the people who are just like, you go, how does this dude do? He's on some other la la wavelength. Right. Like he's going to the moon and stuff. Like I'm happy to be a coach, you know, coach and I run a nonprofit and do that. But like, how is this dude like how, he's using more of his mind than me or something. Right. That's kind of how I feel about that book. Whenever I pick up the book of changes, the I Ching, and I do the, the readings, um, which it's been confused with like tarot and, and things like that, which I don't because you'll find it in the same sections of the, the healer shops and things like that. But it's ancient Chinese, wisdom, right. not just Chinese food, uh, but Chinese ancient Chinese world. secret. Oh. oh, yeah, bro. I mean, it changed my life because it shows me that I it showed me how to align and it got me how to understanding how nature works instead of how um, William wants nature to work. Ah, ooh, expectations. Yeah, big time, big time. So talk to us about that. How, how, how have your expectations been adjusted? Because I'm, I'm massively keen on that. Yeah, I mean, just just walking the walk, you know, has totally changed my life. And, and instead of talking the talk, you know, just, just being willing to walk the walk. That's been a huge thing as far as expectations go. I mean, expecting things from other people, expecting things from myself, um, I mean, it could be anything little like I do. I should I really expect my girl to wash all the dishes? Like, it's not fair, really, necessarily. Like, it would be better if we did it as a team, right? Like, so easy to say, but oftentimes she's in there and she's the one that washes the dishes because I'm into other stuff, right? So, just being willing to bring that awareness and say, Hey, don't be like that, right. Right. Don't leave the greasy spoon in the in the there for her. Wash it off and put it in the dishwasher. And so Raise having standards. discipline, right? Understanding what my standards are and having that discipline and doing that compassionately. Hopefully that that answers the question. It does. It does. It does. Um, so thinking about thinking about the conversation. Um, one of the things that really came into my my brain thinking about the people that are home watching this or listening to it is the struggle of just simply asking the question, who am I? 
right? And I think for me, I'm 52. I've talked to a lot of people. A lot of people are coming to me for coaching in their 40s, 50s, and 60s right now because they're getting to a point where they don't want to have a life of regret. They don't want to continue being comfortably miserable. They want to fulfill a legacy. They want to be able to aspire and wake up with passion and be free to be able to do and be who they are. You know, the, the book, the five regrets of the dying talks about the biggest regret from the hospice nurse sitting next to these patients dying was that they lived a life that they thought they should live versus the life that they wanted to live. And when I think about, you know, who we are and what we're comprised of and who our identity really is, it gets me thinking in a lot of different ways. I know we just had that, that the spiritual talk a little bit earlier on clubhouse. What are your thoughts on identity and what can we do to help people who are struggling to figure out who they are? Yeah, I think you got to, you got to start with what you're already doing because that, that'll show, that'll show you a lot. So um, with people who are struggling with who they are, it goes back to that thing I said earlier about there's something wrong with me. Cause if you don't think, if you think there's something wrong with you, then you're struggling with who you are. Right. Cause it's not true. You're, you're, you're putting on a, a you're, you're living a lie to put it quite simply. So the first thing we got to do is just take a look at what you're already doing. Are you literally, do you have a core belief or are you actually saying that to yourself or writing in a journal? I don't know. Are you putting that out there into the world and saying, I don't belong here. I am. There's something really deeply wrong with me that that's going to, that's going to push all that energy out there. And that's what you're going to get back, my friend. Um, and so we've got to take a look at that and not, and not come from a place of let me, let me rip that belief out and put in a new one, like a, you know, like an operating system, but more so of a careful, okay, why have you been telling yourself that? Because we've exactly. got to get it a little bit deeper. Like by all means, you know, go, go on and keep telling yourself that you're, that there's something wrong with you. I don't believe that, but okay. You tell me why you think there's something. And then that person yeah. will say something. You continue to do the why questions and you'll get down with that person and they'll see and you'll see and you'll have this moment where, yeah, it is really ridiculous. It's just absurd. That's a spiritual moment. You'll know because you're laughing at it. You've moved on kind of in a way. Right. You get the truth. You don't ever have to go back. You can choose to go back, but you don't have to. It's much easier because you've got the, the life lesson now. So the life lesson is there's really not anything wrong with you. You're divine right? We got to get a bigger picture perspective and take a look at, at it from a different angle. And I think that's what coaching and therapy is intended to do is to not look at a different angle, but look at it from a clear, more aware place and understand that, you know, that we actually can challenge those things too. We can just say, you know what, that's not true. If we hear that resonating in our consciousness, well, you should doubt yourself, William. No, of course not. It's ridiculous. Being willing to, to engage in that it's not multiple personality disorders, not schizophrenia. It's just having that conversation with the universe. We all have self-talk. We all say things. We all picked up things from childhood. And it's only up to us because no one else is going to change it. So I like to think of it as kind of a tweak. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not that much different. I mean, it's, it's a, it, we have to do a flip. We have to understand it. But I, but I want, as I approach it, I don't want anyone to kind of think that like, oh, well, he just thinks that I can, I do have that belief and he thinks I can just kind of replace it. Cause I don't think it's that easy. I think, no, it, takes no, no, no. I think it takes time. And I think that everybody can do it over time. It just gets less loud. Like a, like when you work your muscles out, when you do more, when you get outside more, it's easier for you to get outside now that you've taken 
a couple of days and gotten outside, right? You just build it up a little bit. And I think that you start to see it from a different perspective and you get a bigger perspective that, hey, I am literally awesome. And yes, sometimes I do some things that are a little goofy. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> because you're human, right? Yeah. You know, and I think it goes back to, I think it goes back to what you were saying before. And I almost jumped in, you know, what's wrong with me, you know, rephrasing that question, what's right. And, and it really saying what's wrong. If there's something wrong, then there's, there's an opportunity to, for healing. There's an opportunity for growth. There's an opportunity for expansion. There's an opportunity for evolvement. But what so many people do is they sit there and they say, I don't want to deal with that. Like you were saying before, and they come up with the excuses and then they go to either, I'm going to blame everybody else for my problems and not accept responsibility, or I'm going to sit there and numb myself out with short-term gratifications to numb myself from the life that I'm running away from. You know, it's absolutely ludicrous. That's why people come to me for the no excuses coach. Like I've, I've got this, 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 this negative thought loop that's just creating this, this pathetic outcome of a life, you know, and being able to take ownership and take responsibility for our situations because of everything that's going on in the world right now, we say that hurt people hurt people, right? And yeah. so talk to us about what we can say to the hurt people out there who are doing this. What action steps can we give them like a one, two, three that they can do to start healing some of that hurt? Because I truly believe that once we all accept responsibility for our hurt and our pain and we fix some of that, then we're yeah. not so outwardly consumed with egotistical stuff. We're not outwardly consumed with greed and eat and, and everything else. So talk to us a little Absolutely. bit about that. That makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it's, there's, I don't know if there is a simple one, two, three. I mean, for some people, it can be that simple, but it's not always that simple, right? But I do think sitting down and just sitting down or sitting down like we're sitting down in a chair and getting your feet flat on the ground and just relaxing and doing a meditation, I think that's a really good way to get started because then you're sitting in the emotions. You're not necessarily blaming anyone else for those emotions. You're sitting in it. You're sitting in a way that you're saying, well, they're going to keep coming. I got to do that. And I think that that's a really, really awesome first step towards people who want to take a take on uh, maybe getting a new coach or go on a path to personal development. It's just that moment right there. It's, it, it seems like it's not like the sexy answer that people want. But if you go, well, if you will do it, I remember the pandemic just 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 self-talk, uh, you know, 15, 18 months ago, half a year and a half ago. Um, the, the 3 a.m. mind that just was 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 waking me up and it was not it was not healthy. It was not telling me I look sexy. You know, it was not telling me that I'm doing really good. And I'm saving a lot of money, which I was doing really good and saving money. And I know I'm not like Fabio, but I'm not a bad looking guy. But at that time, I, I, my, my self image was poor. So every day for for, for three or four days there, I just, as I would wake up in the morning and I would have trouble focusing and kind of trouble um, understanding what, what I really was aligned with, I just started to sit. I just started to sit again and meditate again. I had gotten away from that. I was always on the computer, focusing on making money, doing these businesses, doing that business. And I had actually lost touch with that, that side of me that loves to just chill and listen to music and, and, and just, Feel the good times. You know what I mean? And, and yes, yes, yes. I was just, I was just, I was just reading Robert's. Uh, some people were saying, hi, we got uh, Ray's in the house. What's up, Ray? Ray's in the house. Misfits for life, brother. Misfits for life. Holy shit, dude. We've been talking already for 47 minutes. It's not like we yeah. never, we never talk or anything, but uh, 
Um, man, I so appreciate you being on the show and I so appreciate you sharing and being vulnerable and just being straight with everybody. I mean, that's what we need more of in this world right now. We need to go to people who give it to us straight, who are not bullshitting us, who are not trying to feed us a bunch of lies, uh, not trying to sell us shit or convince us of shit. Aside from the fact that we're all unique beings, we're all unique spiritual beings here having this human existence. And the sooner that we realize that we're more of the same than we are different, the sooner we can basically coalesce and help heal one another uh, and make this world a better place for who we are and what we do. At least that's my hope. That's my wish. That's my intention every single day. Uh, final thoughts from you and where they can get a hold of you to continue the conversation, my friend. You guys can go to my website, ehiaonline.com. That's ehiaonline.com. And send us a, fill out the form, if you will, if you want to get in touch with us. Um, or email me at ehiaonline at gmail.com. And you can always get in touch with us there. Yeah. Uh, we're always looking for opportunities to speak. And go ahead, Chris. That one, E-H-A, did I spell yep. it right? That's it. Yep. And also on Instagram. Yep on the gram on the gram so final thoughts my friend final thoughts Final thoughts are we do it a little bit differently in our nonprofit. we just got our nonprofit established emotional health industry association incorporated we do things a little bit differently everybody gets a leadership role much like chris has asked me to come speak and be a part of his program we really believe in that kind of collaboration and encouraging people and getting them outside their comfort zone. And we're not another boring support group. We're, we're, a, we're a supporter community, right? I'm sorry. Support groups might be really helpful, but I don't like, like that term. I think everybody can play a leadership role. I think there's an inner leader in every single one of you guys that's listening to this. And that part of you is already like emotionally intelligent, like scoring 180 on the IQ. So let's just tap into that super awesome part of us. You know, take take deep breaths, relax, make sure we're eating and drinking water, eating good food, getting outside, right? Exercising our bodies. And also this is emotional, emotional emotions are the are what sustains life. Think about it like this. They're as as, as important as your heart or your brain. If we didn't have our emotions, we wouldn't survive. So those are kind of the last thoughts is like, if you're mourning, if you're grieving, if you're going through anything, which we all do in life, take care of your emotions. It's like, you, you, you want to, you want to love yourself is really what I'm saying, Chris. You got to you love not, yourself. Not loving yourself, ask yourself the question, why am I not loving myself? And you'll find, you'll find the answer for yourself. William Zachary Murray. Thank you, brother, for being here on the Raw and Unscripted show. I'm going to place you backstage here for a second. I'm going to make some final comments. Don't Thank go anywhere. We can have a little jump. That was fun. You, you are welcome. Hang on one sec, brother. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you all for being here and all your comments and all your questions. I appreciate it. Uh, please, please take this opportunity to connect with William. Like I said before, you know, it's it's amazing when you have instrumental people in your life who pour into you, who want to see the best for you, who have been on the journey themselves that can speak from candid experience. That's what this is about. That's what Raw and Unscripted is about. That's what I'm about. Um, you know, it's really about having these vulnerable conversations. So wherever you're at in your life, find people that you can have those conversations with. Do not repress your emotions. Do not suppress your emotions. Do not run away from them. Your emotions are there, like William just said, as a key factor in 
in illuminating us to where it is that we're at on our journey. I was, I did a podcast. You guys might remember, I don't know, a couple of months ago it was called signposts, right? You know, sometimes we get hit with these signposts in our life that cause us to have to step back and take a thought and actually take a beat to realize where it is that we're at. But having those people in your life, being able to have a trusted team who with people that, 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 that you trust and that empower you and that hold you accountable and that you have mentors, that is so important. You cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. I tried doing it alone and it was miserable. I was strong and I was tough and I was able to tell everybody, oh, listen, I'm doing it on my own. But inside I was dying. Inside, inside I was crying. Inside I felt alone in a, in a, in a full room. Right. So I had to sit there and I had to like take a look at my my emotions. I had to take a look at the blame and the guilt and the resentment and the anger and the the feeling of inadequacy and all those different emotions. I had to deal with those. And I had to sit there, okay, why, why do I have these feelings? Like, like William said, okay, those were those were those were belief systems that were implanted by my mother. Okay, was my mother the best caretaker in the world? No. So does that mean the beliefs are are, are accurate? No. Okay, so might I think about might I think about differently those belief systems, right? Okay, maybe I'm not a piece of shit. Everybody around me doesn't think I'm a piece of shit. So hey, I might change my my opinion of myself, right? So many other people will believe in us so much more than we will believe in ourselves, and that's the idiocracy of life, right? My mentor did it for me. He believed in me. He said, "Hey, Chris, go back to school. You're a seventh grade dropout. You're living in an apartment with like five other guys working four jobs. You should go back and get your GED." And I was like, what are you crazy? I'm stupid. And he says, no, you're not. He goes, Christopher, you're only limited by the parameters of your own mind. You're only limited by the parameters of your own mind, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he said to a 17 year old kid who had no faith, no confidence, no belief in himself, no voice. He said, you're only limited by the parameters of your own mind. So I went and I got my GED and then I went and got my associate's degree. Then I got my bachelor's degree. Then I got my master's degree. And then I became a speaker. Then I became a coach. And then I started traveling all over the world. And then I started doing websites and, and writing books and doing blogs and doing video cast shows, right? Living my life, living. I want you guys to live your life too. Live your life now. There are no guarantees. There are nothing but uncertainties in life. And when, you be, when you're able to pivot, when you're able to be flexible to whatever life throws at you and say, hey, listen, oh, that's an interesting one. Okay, I haven't dealt with that one before. Let's see what we got to do. Let's suit up. Let's suit up. Okay, shit's going to get real. Let's suit up. Who do I need to become in order to get through this shit? Who do I need to become, right? Who do I need to model? What behavior do I need to model? And in some situations, maybe we need to become a different version of ourselves to get us through that. But I can tell you this, when you have the faith and you have the belief and you have the trust to keep putting one foot in front of the other, when you have the faith and the belief and the trust to know that things are going to work out in your favor, as long as you continue doing the work, as long as you keep pushing forward, as long as you keep, you're willing to experience life, and not run away from it. That's what happens. That's what creates the vibrational energy that says you're ready for the next step. That's the vibrational reward that comes back and says, Hey, Chris, Hey, Chris, Hey, Ray, Hey, Angel. Hey, Hey, William, you you've graduated to the next level. You've learned the lesson you need to learn right now. So now we're going to reward you with more opportunities, but we're also going to reward you with more opportunities for struggles. The struggles never end, ladies and gentlemen. We don't get to a panacea of life where we get to say, oh my God, I made it. There's no more troubles. I have all the money. I have all the answers. I have, no, you just get new problems. I was just listening to Dennis Waitley, um, Psychology of Success. Go go listen to him. He's one of, the, one of the greats, one of the greats. And he's talking about, he's 88 years old now. And he says, I would give up all my money right now for one year, one more year of life. Think about that. 
give up all of his money. He's, he's lived his life. He's been super successful. And he talks about the regrets that he's had. And it's really impacted me because, okay, before I wanted to do all that stuff and I wanted to experience all that stuff, but I would not want to get to a point where I say, I want to give it all up for one more year of life. What that tells me is there are moments in his life that he didn't live. So that tells me there's an opportunity for me to learn a lesson, to be in these moments, to share with you guys, to grow along with you guys in this journey for however long it is that we're here. Why not? That's the beauty. That's the gift of doing this. So I love each and every one of you. If you're struggling, if you have anything on your mind that you want to talk about, I'm still giving out the complimentary coaching sessions um, because I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're helping one another. You go and do a couple of nice things for somebody else. It's not a freebie. You go do something nice for somebody else. You pay it forward. That's what this is all about. I love you guys. We're going to be here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as always. So make sure we are in there. Um, also, I wanted to tell you, since you guys are, um, since you guys are still watching, um, my podcast, the, all the shows are updated. So if you know somebody who maybe just can't watch this or doesn't want to watch it on a Tuesday night, the podcast, if you go into Spotify, if you go into iTunes and you just type in Ron and scripted, you can get, it. I would love for you to subscribe to it as well. Get more exposure there. So, um, you guys are great. Angel says, uh, have a great evening. Everybody love you. Angel, uh, Ray says great as always. Thank you. My dear friend. Um, you guys rock. We'll see you next time on the Ron Inscripted Show with Christopher Rausch.